Hi, and welcome to the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. We've provided a collection of sermons, our midweek lessons, music, and many more tools to help you grow in your walk with God. We are living in an unprecedented and challenging time, but we invite you to listen in and be encouraged as we fight through this together. Be sure to subscribe and feel free to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. Thanks for listening. Good morning, church. It's great to be together. My name is Patrick Genova. My wife and I lead our youth and family ministry and excited to be with you guys today. Today we're going to be talking about the feet of Jesus. We're going through these different aspects of Jesus. And today we're talking about the feet of Jesus. And I'm excited. I'm on my feet today. I saw Jeff preach standing up last week. So I said, I got to do that too. So I can move around a little bit more, distract you guys, sway probably too much. But I'm excited to be here with you guys to talk about the feet of Jesus. So I was looking up feet. I know that's, that sounds weird. But all right, stick with me. Feet are an interesting thing, right? There's a love-hate relationship with feet. So the 52 bones in your feet make up one quarter of all the bones in your body. That's crazy. And if they are out of alignment, your whole body is out of alignment. Here's another fact. There are approximately 250,000 sweat glands in a pair of feet. And they excrete as much as half a pint of moisture each day. It's kind of a crazy fact there. It's kind of nasty, right? Here's another one. Women uh are four times more likely to have foot problems than men are, mostly due to footwear. It's because of footwear, ladies. A two and a half inch heel can increase the load on the forefoot by 75%. Go figure. During an average day of walking, the total forces on your feet can total hundreds of tons equivalent to a full cement truck. It's crazy. All right, lastly, this is a positive one here. Walking is the best exercise for your feet. It contributes to your general health by improving circulation and weight control. So recently I was uh, introduced, well, not recently, it's been a couple years probably, but introduced to the incredible aspect that we call Bro Day, all right? Rick Velez, he introduced me to Bro Day and the incredible uh, invention of pedicures. So I went with Rick, he said, bro, we need to have a bro day. You're gonna relax, I'm gonna relax, and we're gonna talk, we're gonna get pedicures. And I was like, oh, all right, bro, let's do it. Went to get a pedicure, it was awesome. It was incredible, it was amazing. If you haven't done it, I recommend you do it. You don't realize how much of a beating and a pounding uh, we can put on our feet day in and day out. And also how relaxing it is uh, to have our feet taken care of. And you know, today we're going to be talking about feet. And when I, <laughs> not any feet, specifically the feet of Jesus and what that means. And when I thought about that, I was like, all right, what passage came to mind? And this was the first one uh, that came to mind for me. And it's in Romans chapter 10, verse 15. And we're going to read the, the whole thing in a little bit. But this is the, what popped in my head. It says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So this idea of, wow, beautiful feet that bring good news. I don't know how many out there think feet are beautiful. Uh, mine certainly are not. They're far from beautiful. But feet that bring good news are beautiful. 
But before we talk about these beautiful feet, or the good news for that matter, we have to talk about why they're necessary. Why are beautiful feet necessary? The reason that they're necessary is because the roads are so dirty. Physically, metaphorically, literally, the roads are dirty. And in ancient times, in the times of Christ, they were super dirty. They just wore sandals. And roads, metaphorically and literally, are still just as dirty. So this quote in Romans uh, it comes from a passage in Isaiah. right? And Isaiah dealt with some very incredibly dirty roads, so to speak. And when I say dirty roads, I'm talking about spiritually dirty. You know, I'm talking about what was going on in the streets, what was going on in the in his time period, uh, the mess and the disaster that he saw all around him. Isaiah found himself in an incredibly corrupt society, and Isaiah was a prophet who never feared mixing it up when it came to political or social reforms, which I just found interesting in my, in my study of it. But in this time, people were trusting in allegiances over God. They were also living double lives. There was, they, were, they would fast to God on one day, expect God to hear them, and then go and live completely hypocritical uh, throughout the rest of their week. There was idolatry. There was sin. There was corruption everywhere. And I don't know that our current you know, situation of the world we find ourselves in right now, I don't know that it's ever been different from what Isaiah saw, and especially right now where I feel like we can see the dirt around us all the time, 24-7. We are aware of it, and we see it. And we do have some very dirty roads as well, very dirty roads in our world, spiritually speaking. There's so much sin in the world, right? You look around, you're like, wow, there's so much sin. It's a fallen world. There's corruption all around us. There's anger. There's animosity. There's polarizing discussions, right, that can cause strife. And, ah, I just want to get along. Let's just have peace. And I don't want to argue or have these debates, right? And we can, we can go there. And it's, it's, it's discouraging and it's hard. And we, and we see this all around us and we're, and we're prompted to it. You know, for me, I, I never thought that I would be watching the news and see somebody die in front of me. But that changed with George Floyd. And recently, you know, there's a decision made in the Breonna uh, Taylor case that is re-traumatizing and very hard and exasperating for many. Regardless of what we might think about that decision, it is re-traumatizing. And we're going through all of this in a pandemic where we're faced constantly with the dirtiness of our world and of the roads all around us. Constantly seeing the dirtiness in this world. The roads right now are dirty. It's scary times. There's a lot of nastiness. People can be mean and hurtful and, and cause so much pain, right? I mean, as a youth and family minister, I know the teens feel it as well, that there's an increasing you know, level of anxiety for them as they see what's going on all around them. And it breaks my heart that they have to see that stuff. And it's because of how dirty the roads are that this messenger with beautiful feet was so important and so incredible in Isaiah's time and in our time right now. And here's the passage in Isaiah that Paul quotes from, um, Paul quotes from in Romans. And it's in Isaiah chapter 52, verse 7. 
says, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. And this was good news in, in, in the book of Isaiah. This was good news that they would be um, coming out of the Babylonian exile, right? When the Persians uh, conquered, there, there was Cyrus the Great, and he allowed the Israelites to leave exile and return. And that was the good news. And it's also a nod towards Jesus. Because throughout the entire book of Isaiah, one of the themes you clearly see is the coming of a Messiah, is the coming of this king that's going to change everything. And that's good news. And they're brought by beautiful feet. There's some awesome themes throughout Isaiah. If you ever get to study it out, incredible themes throughout. I think they're important for right now. So I'm going to list off some of the themes that we can hear in the book of Isaiah. So much, I can't preach on all of it. I wish that I could. But here are some of the themes. One theme is that God is planning to raise up an ideal king from David's line and elevate Jerusalem through his reign of peace. Another theme is God is trustworthy. Another one, God is more powerful than even the greatest empires and armies. That God is one, there is no other. That God has a plan and is capable of accomplishing that plan. This one I love, that God's solutions are often unexpected. You know, just to be able to sit and think like, what is the unexpected way God is going to bring about his, his plan, right? Another one or last one here is, God persists in warning his people even after they've stopped paying attention. That God doesn't give up on any of us. Some incredible themes there. And we have a messenger that brought this peace, that embodies this peace, right? Because right now in the turmoil and the chaos, a message of peace is incredibly good news to say, you can feel peace. We can feel peace. That peace exists. It is the feet of Jesus that brought us all this good news, capital G, good news. Jesus brought it. And as I mentioned before, throughout the entire book of Isaiah, it's alluded to that he's going to come. He's coming. He's going to come. And Jesus finally arrives. John 14, verse 27. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. An incredible message for all of us right now that we don't have to be afraid. You know, when we don't know the future, when we don't know what's going to happen, it is terrifying. But Jesus says, don't worry. I'm going to give you a security that the world can never provide. I'm going to give you a peace that the world can never provide. Because I'm here, and I'm here for you. This is the peace. This is the good news. Somebody studied out um, the, the Gospels and just tracked the different places Jesus went to. Just that's recorded, because Jesus obviously did so many other things in his three-year ministry, but he found that Jesus traveled 3,125 miles just in looking at only the things and places that are recorded that he went to in the Bible. Obviously, we know many things were not recorded that also Jesus did, um, but that's a lot of miles he put on those feet. And why did he put all those miles on his feet? Why did he travel through dirty roads and dirty places and, and spiritually dirty places? Because we needed good news. Because they needed good news. And we need some good news now, don't we? And the good news is still the same. That Jesus has arrived, our Savior, our Prince of Peace. And He's here to comfort you and me. He's here to give us security. We don't have to fear the future. Because we know He's with us. 
That's the peace that we can have in Christ. And despite the fact that at times we can turn away from God or we don't want to hear it, He doesn't give up on us. He continues to help us, continues to guide us, and continues to be with us. I was talking to Lamisha earlier and I asked her, you know, I was thinking about this message. I said, what is the best news you've ever gotten in your life? She was like, ah. Oh. Then it, 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 it hit her. Oh, when my mom told me we were going to Disney World. I was like, okay, cool. What, what was that like? She's like, I just couldn't stop talking about it. And, and she couldn't stop talking about it so much to the point that in the future, her mom wouldn't tell her about trips until right before the trip. Because if she told her sooner, Lamisha would just not be quiet about it. She would just keep talking about it until, what are we going to do? Oh, what should I wear? She started packing for the trip weeks in advance. That was good news to hear that she's going to Disney World. I remember I tried out for a travel baseball team when I was younger. And uh, I, I didn't think I, I wasn't as good as my friends at the time. And um, I don't know how old I was, might have been 10 or 11. I tried out for this travel baseball team and I didn't think I was going to make it. And then I got a phone call. It was, I remember it was Coach Purcelli. Coach Purcelli called, I said, congrats, you made the team. I was elated, I hung up the phone, I started jumping on the bed, I was like, yeah, I'm in. That was some good news that I got. Do you remember the best news you've ever received? You know, getting that good grade, or a 4.0 GPA, right? Receiving the grade, um, having a baby, telling people you're having a baby, that you got the job, when they call you, congratulations, you got the job. Some good news. Or when you're worried about somebody in your family, like, oh, you haven't heard from them, or something might have happened, then you get a phone call, and they're okay, they're fine. Ah, that's peace, right? It's funny, I remember a story um, uh, Stan Lamore told me, and he had a bunch of the guys, um, they slept over in his, uh, in his backyard, so it was like Logan Pranger, I think it was Miguel Mateo, and uh, probably a few others, and they, and they were sleeping over, and this was in Trumbull, and they had a tent in the backyard in the woods. And um, the, very, the very next day, there was a report that came out that there was a wild bear in Trumbull that same evening <laughs> that they happened to be outside in a tent in the woods. And so you can imagine all the parents probably feel when they know everybody's okay. I mean, can you imagine the relief that they felt that great news? How about for you? right now? Do you feel peace right now? Despite what's going on all around you, do you trust still in God's plan? Do you believe that God is more powerful than any empire? Do you believe that God has a plan and is capable of accomplishing it? Have you thought about an unexpected way that God is working right now to accomplish his plan? Do you know that God is going to continue to get your attention, to get the attention of those that you love and never give up on any one of us, even if we lose trust or faith, whether it be momentarily or otherwise? Do you believe that no matter what may happen to us physically, even to the point of death, no one can kill our soul? That as a Christian, death marks an eternity, the beginning of an eternity, in God's presence. Do we believe that eternity awaits us all if we're in Christ? The truth is, for me, I haven't been feeling a ton of peace lately. I know I just said all that. I haven't been feeling all of it. 
And I had this conversation with the sister recently and, and she's an incredible sister. And I was just getting her input on something, but I was also, I think she heard some of the kind of anxiety in my voice and frustration. And she just shared with me, she said, look, we're not God. We're not God, we can't control, we can't, as much as we wish we could, right? Control and make things be the way we want them to be. Like, we're not God, we have to leave so much of that to God and, and, and do what we can in loving other people, embracing the good news, bringing that good news. It was incredible, I felt peace to know that I don't have to be in control. I don't have to you know, do it all and, and make everything work. And honestly, if we're waiting for some good news to come, it's already arrived. There's no better news that will ever arrive that has ever arrived than the good news of Jesus. The best news that could ever exist has already come. And so if we're waiting for some more good news, like, like as if the world will finally figure out how to be righteous and how to be holy and how to be loving, the world will never learn that. I mean, the same things that are going on now are going on in the time of Isaiah, right? That good news is not going to arrive, but the good news for us has arrived that Jesus has come into the world and that God has offered us peace and it is an incredible, profound, transcendent peace of knowing that an eternity awaits us. We don't have to fear anything, right? There's no better news than that. And after we embrace this peace, accept it, understand it, get in touch with it, feel it, right? Really, and, and come to that saving moment of God and, and live in that salvation and live in that grace, then we have a responsibility. And that's now our feet have to carry it. Our feet have to carry the good news now. And so back to the text we began with, and this is the full text in Romans chapter 10, verse 14 to 15. It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So like I said, once we, embrace, once we embrace this reality, okay, now it's our opportunity to carry this out into the rest of the world, right? Get our feet dirty. We're called now to travel these dirty roads, the spiritually dirty roads in the world, but also in people's personal lives because personal lives are dirty, just as dirty as every, you know, thing else is going on, right? I know... When, when, when I was reached out to, when someone shared with me about Christ, my life was dirty. And Paul here is, is to, to, to track his logic in reverse is saying, first someone sent, then they preach. The person they preach to believes, and then they call on his name. And unless we go, they're not going to be able to call on his name. We know that that happens in baptism, according to Acts chapter 2. It doesn't happen unless we bring the message. This is where God calls you and me, us to do something, to bring the gospel of peace, to be the beautiful feet now. He's going to take care of the craziness all around us, the things out of our control. He's going to take care of it. But he asked you and he asked me to bring the good news to other people. I remember being a senior in college, a total disaster. I've shared with this with you guys many times. Praying to God that he would help me understand 
what it meant to follow him, that he would help me have peace in my life to figure out how to navigate the spiritual darkness that I was feeling but didn't know how to really explain. And there was a campus minister at the time, his name was Cash, and he decided he was going to put miles on his feet that week. He was going to share his faith with 500 people that week, and I was number 490, whatever, according to him. And, and it was a discouraging experience in some senses for him. And then he asked me if, if I would be interested in studying the Bible. And I was like, yeah, I've been praying about this. And obviously that process was also challenging at times to understand, wow, okay, this is, this is a high calling. But at the same time, I remember like when I stopped, you know, fighting and I just was like, wow, God, I want to, I want to dedicate my life to you. I do. And I want to experience the salvation and the peace that Jesus offers because I have not been experiencing in all the places that I looked at the time. But if Cash hadn't decided to let his feet be dirty, to allow his feet to be dirty, to carry the message, you know, that week, I wouldn't be here. And if we don't decide to carry the message, there's so many that could be that won't be here. We have a responsibility to carry the message. Are your feet dirty or are they squeaky clean right now? How has it been going with sharing your faith, with bringing the good news to other people? I mean, even all, there's so many ways right now to share our faith, even online. We have this amazing social media team, like we, and, and they're doing an incredible job being a light, and we can all be a light to the world together online, another dirty place where beautiful feet are needed, where the gospel is needed. And we can, we can bring light to that environment. I want to encourage you guys to, to reshare the stuff we're posting. You know, to share that with people who, they, they don't know about our church page, but they know about your personal page. They, they might not follow us, they might not follow Christ, but they follow you and your page. And what are you doing with that? We make a lot of the content with you guys in mind to encourage you, but it's also with you in mind to give you tools to encourage and be a light and reach out to friends in your life that only might see your page. Reshare that stuff. You know, nothing will ever take the place of that incredible face-to-face -face interaction. Like when you talk to a stranger and it's like, oh, it goes great. You know, that feeling, it's, spirit, it's like spiritual. It's awesome. But there are so many ways that we can share our faith right now. And how's that going in general? How's it going for you? And I want to challenge the, I think it's Generation Z and the Millennials. If you're from age 15 to 35, this includes me. We need to step up. We all need to step up. And there's been a lot of encouraging things. And I've seen amazing, incredible miracles. People have been coming to Christ. I mean, recently just seeing my Lou, Jessica's mom get baptized was awesome. And um, I'm praying that we see so many more. But if you're between the age of 15 to 35, we have to understand we're not the future of the church. We are the church right now. And if we want to see a future for our church, we have to develop a deep conviction for the necessity of bringing the good news to other people, of helping other people know Christ. Is that a conviction that you have? And I feel like the older generation, this is part of their DNA in our church and, and in their own Bible study. And I want us, I never want to lose that. I never want to lose that. I always want it to be on my mind to to, to reach out, to share, to help.
Let's do this. I don't want us to become an institution. I want us to be a movement. We can do this together. Let's go after it. Let's share the good news with other people. Let's talk about that. Get open. Talk about, oh, it's been going great. Oh, I haven't been doing it at all. Get accountability. Get help. Say, hey, bro, ask me about this next week. I want to share my faith with five people this week. Ask me about it next week. We can have, you know, when you go to the gym, you need sometimes you work out together, you get a spotter. Like, listen, we can apply a lot of that stuff spiritually as well. For me, honestly, there's times I'm not feeling it. There's times where spiritually I know I should probably reach out, I should probably talk, I should probably say something. But my sinful nature, my selfishness or excuses get in the way. And I don't take advantage of the opportunity. But when I push beyond, incredible things happen. Incredible things happen when we push beyond. A lot of amazing things happen when we move our feet, when we get our feet dirty. I suppose many amazing things may be able to happen on the couch, a great quiet time. You could post on your, on your uh, Instagram stories. Do you want to study the Bible? Do you want to know more about Christ? It could happen. But amazing things happen when we get out and move our feet as well. Let's do it. Let's move our feet together. You know, lately I've been feeling more comfortable at home. We've been at home more. It's self-denial to get out, to do it, to make it happen, to follow up. A lot of amazing things will happen as we move our feet, as we allow our feet to get dirty. Let's, let's get our feet dirty together. Let's put some miles on our feet. Amen? Let's bring some good news to other people. Wrapping up, the roads are dirty. We see it all around us. It's chaotic. It's crazy. It's dirty. There's spiritual dirt everywhere. And the feet of Jesus brought us all good news. It's here. It's the best we're ever going to get. It's the best that's ever been. It's the best that ever will be. And now our feet must carry the good news. And as we do this, take care of your feet. Get your bro day, your sister day. Spiritually, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Let's take care of the feet of each other. Like Jesus washed his disciples' feet, let's wash each other's feet. Let's look out for each other spiritually. Let's encourage each other. Let's love each other as our feet get dirty and cut up and bruised. And lastly, let's always worship at the feet of Jesus. Thank you, guys. Have a good rest of the day. This has been an episode of the Southern Connecticut Church of Christ podcast. Please subscribe so you can keep up to date with the latest podcast.